Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them, saying, If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build, but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops, he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops. But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. <coughs> We welcome all who come to St. Anne's today and those who join us by way of live stream in spiritual communion. If you are sick or shut in, our prayers go with you as you join us at Mass today. Hating father and mother, hating your wife and children, brothers and sisters, even your own life, if you don't do that, he says, you cannot be my disciple. I don't like this gospel at all. I don't like the word hate. How do you really hate your father? You hate your mother? Okay, how many of you hate your wife? Raise your hands. I see one, okay. What's our Lord saying here? I think what he's saying in context, even with last Sunday's gospel, is that we can enjoy, take great pride in the wonderful experience of those particular persons, places, and things that give us great joy and pleasure. We can possess them in that sense properly without being possessed by them. I think that's the distinction today between possessing and being possessed. He says at the end, who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. I think in context, our Lord is trying to say, look, each one of us has to decide how important the Lord God is in our lives. Is he number one? Do I get up in the morning, for example, and what's the first thing I do? Do I start making a list of all the things I have to do? 
Does my mind just race because there isn't enough time to even pray? Even just to say, good morning, Lord. Or am I all about the workaday world? I know it's hard. We all have to get up and get going, especially back to school. There's a lot that's on our plate as we begin another program year, an academic year. We find ourselves moving from summer back to fall and vacations are over. A lot of things have to get done, but in the course of all that, to just simply take stock and remember, is the Lord number one? Or have I made particular persons, places, and things more important? Now, when we do that, see, when we lose sight of the fact that each one of us was made, created by God to know, to love, and to serve him first, and we start making other persons, places, and things, activities, money, work, or whatever addiction we may be suffering, we make those gods, idols, idols, then the whole thing begins to break down. So we have always lived in a culture, but particularly now in a narcissistic culture, where it's all about me, it's all about my opinion, I see it this way and that's the truth for me and you can't tell me otherwise. So the great subjective turn to self is a very dangerous one because in the end, there really isn't much room for God, objectively. It's all very subjective. It's my feelings, my own opinions, it's my little world, but there really is no God. That's really atheism. There is no God when it's all about me. And those persons, places, and things that now I esteem as beautiful, wonderful, yes, but without God as the giver of those gifts, to whom all of this is meant to glorify him, then look what happens. More often than not, we get angry. A lot of people get very angry when they esteem persons, places, and things more important than God, because why? These persons, places, and things will not satisfy us. They don't really ultimately give us peace. I mean, real peace. True joy. When we treat them as ends in themselves. Because why? They won't satisfy us. We always want more. More money more prestige, more power, more position, more, 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 more. I want more people to love me. I want more people to accept me. I want more. And ultimately, my father, my mother, my wife, my children, my brothers and sisters, even my own body, my own life, cannot ultimately give me what I long to experience, that is the knowledge and love of God. He made us for himself. Why was I created? To know, to love, and to serve the Lord with all my heart, and then, and then, those persons, places, and things. And this is very hard, very hard for us, because we love, 
all these wonderful things in our lives. We've grown attracted to mom and dad and wife and children and brothers and sisters in our own, our own life. Who wants to let go of that? Who can renounce that? Our Lord uses hyperbole, exaggeration, so often, because he knows we can't renounce all these things. He's saying, look, keep it in perspective. Renounce them if they become gods. One alone is the Lord your God. You shall not have strange gods before you. It's very important for all of us to remember what are those gods that I serve and worship. I may be very attached, maybe too much attached to my parents, too attached, overly exaggerated attached to my wife, husband, children, brothers and sisters, even my pets. Right. We have a sign out here, as you know, along the Yuma Street grass that says, God loves dogs. Grass does not. <laughs> Thank you. We get a lot of compliments. A woman was walking down the other day and she had her dog and doggy had to do his thing and she took great pride and she would look at the sign. And I was there sweeping up and I said, good morning, how are we doing? She says, oh, God loves dogs. I said, did you read the other part of it? <laughs> Move, wow. Gum, too attached, too much attachment. And the Lord is saying, try to detach over the course of your life. Try to unload, try to let go, try to just take it in baby steps. If you become too attached to someone, way too attached, that's called control. It's a bad thing to be so attached that I control you. See, then I'm getting possessed. I'm no longer possessing, I'm being possessed. We think of possession sometimes as a demonic thing, a spiritual possession. He's possessed, it needs to be exercised. Well, yes, that does exist in the most extraordinary way. But there are the other ordinary possessions being possessed, the addictions of life, where I'm no longer really in control properly, but being controlled by spirits, emotions, grudges, maybe an un uninformed conscience. Maybe I'm just not thinking right or not thinking at all. And I begin to make mistakes and I begin to esteem these things as more important. And then I can't let go. Years ago, I did a funeral, not here, but in another parish where the family decided to cremate mom, and cremation's fine, but they didn't want to bury her right away. They wanted to hold on to the cremains for a while. I said, that's fine, but don't delay it's important to let mom go. So they delayed. 
And I left the parish and didn't follow up. But years later, I had read that they had sold the house. They moved to another place. And just by chance, I called on the new owner of the house. And I said, is everything okay? Welcome to the parish. And he said, well, something kind of strange, Father. There's an urn in the basement. And I said, an urn? Did you look inside? He said, it's sealed, but it looks like a funereal urn, rather elaborate. And I'm not sure what to do. It was the only piece that was left with the house when I bought it. I said, I think that's the remains of a woman that I presided over her funeral many years ago. And what would you like me to do with it? He said, I don't care. Just get rid of it. So I took it and called the family. And I said, I've got your mom with me. And it's been 15 years or so. So what would you like me to do with mom? And they said, no, she must stay with the house, Father. Mom loved that house. That was our home, and she needs to stay right there. Don't touch her. She goes with the house. I said, but the man called me and said, he doesn't want her in the house. He's, she said, well, that's his problem. I said, no, that's your problem. We need to bury Mom. Well, you bury her. So. This happens a lot. I should say that to you as a priest, don't hold on to cremains. This is becoming more and more, many pastors are talking about this. Families are holding on to mom and dad, brothers and sisters, they're holding on to cremains. Don't do that. No, they should be buried. And if you have cremains, just call me. Or if you bought a house and they're cremains, I know what to do. <laughs> yeah. So what was the point? They could not let go of mom. They couldn't let go of the world in which she lived. No, she has to stay here. She can't be buried. See, they were possessed. They were possessed. They could not renounce that possession of their mother. So our Lord is saying, is say, you gotta hate that process where you get possessed. Hate the possession of being possessed by anyone, anything, any place. Because it doesn't bring you peace. We teach our children, you know, as they grow up, to share and let go, play with each other, share the toys, share the food, be generous, right? And there's that beautiful moment when they're very young and you say, you know, Bobby, would you share with your sister? Okay, and they give generously. They don't ask a question, they just give away. And then comes that strange time, right? I don't know when it is, it varies, but what? Three or four, five? And Bobby doesn't wanna share anymore with his sister. It's mine. It's mine. She can't have it. Okay. 
if left unchecked, that's a very dangerous developmental stage. It's important that Bobby defines himself, but in relation to others, if left unchecked, Bobby's gonna end up being very spoiled, very naughty, and a narcissist, right? They can't share, they can't let go. And over time, Bobby will get possessed by things and persons and places he can't, he can't let go. No, we have to renounce these things. And remember that the Lord himself is the giver of all these gifts. So my wife, my children, my brothers, my sisters, my parents, my own life are all God's gifts. These are means. And I'm the steward of all that to glorify him, not myself, not the world, not my pets, not my money, not my house, not all the stuff around me. So the Lord is giving us a wake-up call once again. And we know this is not easy, but we need to begin. Because at the end of life, when we have that moment of a happy death, a peaceful death, it's when we have let go of the world. And now our eyes are set on heaven. And this is our greatest moment of peace. It should be to pray for that, to be freed of that, and to glorify God and to simply say thank you for everything that we've been given. Because all of this is his gift. Mother and father, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even my own life is but a gift. And when you receive the gift, then you're willing to share it, even give it away.